Hey listeners, this is Richard, show producer here, just popping into the podcast for once to remind you that we stream live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the winteriscoming.net Facebook and YouTube page. So just search winteriscoming.net, one word on Facebook and YouTube, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, and you'll be notified the next time we go live. Come join us, chat with Dan, chat with me, chat with me. We're here every Wednesday. Enjoy the podcast, cue the music. Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selke of WinnersComing.net, and Mia Johnson of DorksideOfTheForce.com, sometimes other guests, talk about all things fantasy, sci-fi, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, superheroes, Marvel, DC, the Inheritance Trilogy by N.K. Jemisin, whatever we happen to be interested in that day, so far as it falls under this umbrella of things nerds tend to like hey everybody watching hey julie um out of curiosity good morning it's 4 8 p.m here what time is it in australia when you watch these i know you've told me that before but i i have forgotten um mia do you on top of your head what, what time it is i in australia? No, not off the top of my head <laughs> no i mean neither not without a google search um thanks for joining us everybody uh we have a good amount of things to talk about today uh news of all kinds impressions of all kinds uh, pertinent information you gotta know of all kinds. And we're gonna start with, obviously, they announced some more, some more Game of Thrones spinoffs on the way. Or it was leaked, or... <laughs> I mean, HBO didn't announce them formally. I believe... I, I forget what... It was Variety or somebody came out with news about more Game of Thrones spinoffs in development for HBO that may or may not come to pass. Before we dive in, I wanna underline that. That yeah. even though they're announcing new programs, it's not a guarantee that we'll actually get to see them, which I think is a silver lining to this, not a dark <laughs> cloud, because there's there's a lot of these things coming up. <laughs> uh, Michael Walsh is already on it. Yes. You know what? Why don't we just go right into And thank you, Julie, yeah. for uh, it, it is 8 a.m. in Australia. Thank you for getting up early, unless you get up early anyway. And, and let me know if you got the puzzle yet. It should be there about now-ish, maybe a couple days later, but I know it's going to be there quite soon if it's not there already. Anyway, yeah. So, we already know Game of Thrones ended a couple of years ago. Ugh, a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> we have House of the Dragon on the way, which, by the way, I am finally reading, like, really Yay, deep into right. Fire and Blood. See? I'm over halfway. <laughs> and I'm at the Dance of the Dragon part. And it's good. Like, there's a reason I enjoyed the Song of Ice and Fire, and this definitely gives me that sense of uh, intrigue and danger and fun and uh, layered character storytelling. I enjoy it. I'm enjoying this nice. book. And I'm going to be an expert on what exactly will happen in House of the Dragon by the time I'm done. <laughs> so we got that on the way. We've also heard, again, not like announced officially, but heard from reputable sources that we're going to get an adaptation of Tales of Duncan Egg. We've heard that we're going to get um, an animated drama of some kind that may or may not be a Song of Ice and Fire redux. So I have no idea, really. Um, we may or may not get a Rebels Rebellion show. So that's like four spinoffs already. One of which is definitely happening, and three of which are, like, in development, which could mean anything from somebody threw the idea out to they're, like, actively courting writers and directors and stuff. So, now there are three other versions, and Michael Walsh is already on it, that they're going to make. And let's start with a show called 10,000 Ships, 
All right, Mia. So this segment, unfortunately, may be a lot of (laughs) me giving little synopses for what these will be about and you reacting to whether that sounds interesting and all of you (laughs) reacting out there watching. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the only way to do it because... All of these tales seem quite new to me. You know, I was browsing through what we were going to talk about today and I'm like, oh, this is this is something else. But I'm happy for you to kind of dig a little bit deeper. Tell me what it's about. I can fill okay. it out. And then That's you know, good, I'll tell you how I'm feeling. <laughs> By the way, and Julie has a really piercing comment. Um, I love all these spinoffs, but it really makes me wonder why George R. R. Martin has agreed to all of this, given the convincing it took him to agree to GOT. I can mm-hmm. answer that, Julie. When George R.R. Martin was convinced to do Game of Thrones way back when, he signed over the rights to like not only make Game of Thrones, but make shows in that universe. So I I don't think he has to be convinced anymore because they yeah. can do whatever they want with, with his <laughs> say or without it. He was convinced the once and now they have control of what they can do on television with yeah. uh, his work. Anyway, the first new show that is, again, in development, doesn't mean we're going to see it, is 10,000 ships. Okay, Mia, picture it. It's hundreds of years before uh, Game of Thrones. Like, wait, like half a, like half a, half a, what's a thousand years? Half, uh, like millennia. 500 years or so back. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly. Because okay. millennia, I think is, never mind. Anyway, um, Nymeria is a warrior queen, not unlike Xena, who is living on the continent of Essos and rules over the Roinar people who are sort of a uh, river people, live by the water. And she and her people are fighting the dragon lords of Valyria. This is back when Daenerys' ancestors are like running things. They have a huge Mm -hmm. city. Everyone's riding dragons. They're basically tyrants. They're the Roman Empire. They're trying to expand it. And Amiria's like, no, not on my watch. And she tries to fight back, does guerrilla tactics, like people fighting dragons. I think they have some magic too, but I'm not quite sure. Um, They lose and she decides like, fine, if Valyria is going to stomp all over my homeland, I'll just take my ball and go. So she gathers her people and leaves Essence. She leaves, mm-hmm. which is the cotton to the to the east of Westeros, Westeros, Essos, West East. Yeah, okay. Um, and travels to Westeros with ten thousand ships, which might be a little exaggerated. These things get lost when they come down the years in history. Oh, which of means course, fake of history because none of this is real. Um, and she lands in what I'm not sure if it already was Dorne at that time, but she lands in what will become Dorne, the southernmost floor, the, 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 the Florida of Westeros, basically right. sunny, sandy, nice. And, um, as a kind of a, a symbolic gesture that this is her new home for her, her and her people, she sets fire to the 10,000 ships being like, this is where we live now. And then there's more politics, like she marries, um, I think, the the ruling Martell person, who's like the rulers of Dorne at that time. And she kind of like imports the culture of the Roinar and these people to Dorne. And she institutes things like um, the firstborn child inherits, not just the firstborn male, so it's male or female under her rule, which is what Dorne still does to this day. <laughs> um, and she just becomes this huge, important historical figure to Dorne. And her story is this whole, you know, fighting dragons, fleeing with her people. And finding a new home in Dorne. What do you think, me? Does that story sound like a story worth telling? Um, you know, hmm, 
it's it's interesting. Oh, it's an, interest, yeah, an interesting start for sure. I think the whole um, who's this Namiria could be an interesting Nymeria. character. I would. I think it's kind of like a broad history for me to be like, uh, you know, it sounds interesting because you know it's kind of just a migration story. Whereas if mm-hmm. I kind of knew like maybe some more specifics about it, like what the battles were like, what the dragons were like, I think it would take me some more convincing. But Again, I, I I don't really. I think for all of these, I'll probably say I don't think that they wouldn't work. I think they would find some <laughs> yeah. way to make it work and make it entertaining. I just I would just need a, a little bit more of of convincing. That's something for me to think about. Actually, you can uh, think about it while we thank our sponsor for this episode, Manscaped. <clears throat> You're in a wood. It's dark, overgrown, crowded with angry brambles and thorns that bite and pierce. If only you had a weapon to cut through the thicket and let the forest breathe again. And lo, now you do with a Manscaped Lawn Power 3.0. Oh God, I shouldn't do that. Um, The best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Trusted by millions of men worldwide, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your sensitive grooming needs. If you're interested in joining the Brotherhood of the Forest Clearing, get it? We have an exclusive offer. 20% 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansighted20 at manscaped.com. And the Mighty Lawnmower is not all Manscaped has to offer. There is also the Manscaped deodorant to keep the sacred forest fragrant. And also the Manscaped toner to tone the sacred forest. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansighted20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. With free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code fansided 20 buzz all right um maybe you'll spark more to this second idea this other oh before we actually go on let's enter a few comments here thank you christian sound effects i i re- live demo next week <laughs> that w- <laughs> no um I do like your uh, gumption, though. Giant hands. I mean, I, I guess everything looks giant when you're uh, <laughs> play with perspective. And uh, I'm glad you received the puzzle, Julie. That's a Wit Club thing. You can all receive a gift if time for the Wit Club. I'll show you how later. And um, does that mean that George R. R. Martin gave away all the rights to Song of Ice and Fire? I don't know exactly what he gave away, but I do know that he doesn't really... If they want to make a spinoff of Game of Thrones, they are going to ask his input because they would want that. But I, I, I do not think they require it. Like they have the rights to make TV adaptations of his work. So um, I imagine it's pretty extensive and I imagine it will keep him, you know, in business for the rest of his life. But yeah, that's the way it works. So if you ever read a giant book and um, it gets really big and you want to sign over the rights to it. Uh, make sure the contract is to your liking, which it, which it, it probably is George R. R. Martin's yeah. liking. But I guess we'll be the judge of that, won't we, when these spinoffs come out? <laughs> oh, yes. And the next spinoff that they are, that is in development, is Nine Voyages, a.k.a. Sea Snake. We don't know what the title is yet. It's about a gentleman named Corliss Valerian, who is much more recent Westerosi history. In fact, an older version of him is a really important character in House of the Dragon, where he'll be played by uh, Steve Toussaint. 
this picture we have of him here that is not from House of the Dragon. It's from that Prince of Persia movie from like 2010 (laughs) that he was in. But I'm like, okay, it's kind of medieval-y and it has the actor in it. Sure, let's throw it up there. Um, So he'll play Corliss in House of the Dragon. He's like an older man by that point. And he's a key, I haven't talked about, he's like a key player in this war I keep harping on about. He's the hand of the queen to Rhaenyra Targaryen. But this show would be about his younger days when he is the head of a powerful ancient house in Westeros, the Valerians. And his thing is, he likes the ocean. He likes the water. He likes boats. And his he becomes famous for traveling to distant lands where we have not seen on Game of Thrones places like the mythic land of Yi Ti, which is kind of based off medieval China, mm. the island of Yang, the shadow city of Ashai, where Melisandre was born. So, you know, weird stuff happens there. And just... um. Goes out there in his boat, just goes further than anyone has before, brings back all kinds of crazy spices and silks, gets like filthy freaking rich. And this show would be about his nine voyages to parts unknown. What would he have seen on these daring voyages? What wonders would he have beheld? What secrets of the universe and the world would he have gleaned while he was exploring beyond the bounds that other people, explorers, were want to go. <laughs> Mia, what do you think of the nine yeah, voyages of the sea yeah. snake? I'm liking this. And this looks like what Michael put as his number one uh, pick for these upcoming potential spinoffs. This one sounds kind of like, I don't know why, and this is far from Disney, but I get a Disney feel from it, maybe because it's like, you know, it's maybe it's supposed to be an enchanting journey and you're going off to far out places. And I know it's going to be so far if this comes to pass so far from being Disney. But I probably I, would guess it wouldn't be very Disney, <laughs> but you can always hope in, in my head, you know, in my heart. Right. But, right, right. Um, it does. I, I like the prospect of, of really traveling outside of Westeros and seeing what else this world has to offer um especially going to these i guess more eastern or asian influenced lands or countries however you want to call them um could use you know some more diversity on game of thrones diversify the um the fantasy genre as a whole which sounds very exciting and um yeah it seems like it seems like this is one of those things where there's a lot of potential to bring in like magic or really weird monsters and treasures and stuff like that so that really gets me excited kind of like a sort of piratey sort of thing yeah yeah a very very pirate type game of thrones show yeah it sounds interesting to me and um i do wonder if they're thinking of this one because they want to do like the marvel dc thing where things cross over and like i said Mm -hmm. like this guy does cross over to House of the Dragon, where, where he, because this show would be him in his younger days, House of the Dragon as right. he's older. Um, I think he's like one of the four characters that actually survive the war, too, and like come up the other <laughs> end of it. Um, like most people die in that story. Yeah. I know it's spoilery, but like you might as well get used to it now. Um, and I, I wonder if that's part of it. And it, it's tricky for them because they can't, or at least not without like really stretching the bounds of this universe, like make multiple shows at the same time, unless they really want to like draw fan ire the way you can do like, you know, Marvel comics run concurrently all the time or whatever, and just like make different shows about them. 
but um, that doesn't really work for Game of Thrones. And I hope they know that. <laughs> and I, I hope they recognize <laughs> that, like, don't try and force it. And that this might be a uh, maybe maybe a potential solution to that if they just have to have crossovers, make a show about the guy in his youth and then do House of the Dragon. I don't know. Yeah. 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 This one I would be excited for, for sure. I don't well, even know the character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him plenty when House of the Dragon comes yeah. up. Um, and finally, and I will answer your question, Julie, after we do the final one, because why not? Um, this one we don't know anything about. It's a show called flea bottom and um flea bottom is like the the working class district of king's landing we've been there like a gendry grew up there davo seaworth remember him like the kindly mm. smuggler who was a uh, hand of the king to stannis baratheon he grew up there that's kind of all we know it's called flea bottom it's set in flea bottom i have no idea what it'd be about like a workplace sitcom maybe um <laughs> yeah it could be anything it could be like yeah yeah, it, it, it could be like Cheers, but in King's Landing. Ooh, with like the yeah. peasants coming in and getting a point, that kind of thing. That's my British accent. Oh, man. Um, yeah, this one, definitely an idea that needs to be fleshed out more. There's things you can do, you know, thinking about, okay, probably a lot of kind of petty crime. You know, we've been dealing with like high crime and war and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, you know, like it's more of like what's happening on the streets or as streety as you can get <laughs> during these times. Yeah, it definitely is a weakness of Game of Thrones that um, like it, it, it's pretty much all concerned with the high lords and ladies and what they're doing. <laughs> like you don't really, there are some characters who like at least like Davos is like born a commoner, but he, but by the time we meet him, he's like up there. Mm-hmm. Duncan Egg is what I'm looking forward to it because that is like the more worm's eye as close to Disney as you're going to get to me Game of Thrones story. Um, this one you're right. I, I, we have no idea what it's about. But all they said was it's called Flea Bottom, so I don't know what they're thinking about it. <laughs> um, let's get some some comments. When do you think we will see some of these? 2022 or further off? I would say definitely further off. I would say House of the Dragon 2022. Like I, th- I think that's locked in. I, th- I, th- I believe they announced it's coming next year, like a, like a month ago or something. Um, these, if they make them, it would definitely be later than that, and. So I, I guess. Oh, and uh, Christian asks, "Is Flea Bottom George's vision of the story told from the commoner's point of view?" Ooh, ooh, actually, ooh, that could be cool. Um, I don't. Again, we don't know, but yeah. I would be into that. Remember his yeah. whole idea of like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern thing, where we see the big events of the show, but like it's from the perspective of this random soldier or like <laughs> this random washerwoman, something like yeah. that. Um, maybe cool. Yeah, that could work. For so the I guess the. For sure. Before we wrap up this part, I guess the question is, um, too much? So that is uh, seven shows in all, seven (laughs) spinoffs, one of which is definitely happening, and six of which are in development, which I am guessing means that there's, like, throwing spaghetti at the wall, and (laughs) if, like, one or two stick, maybe. I would not expect all of these to come true and i don't really want all of them to come true i don't want them to overextend or overexpose yeah it kind of sounds like the notes from like an hbo pitch meeting like hey we've Mm -hmm. got all these great ideas and you know we'll we'll stick it out until we see which one is the winner or which one the execs like more um which is funny because when we talk about kind of the excess of shows in marvel and star wars 
I'm obviously into it because that's what I'm into. So not to say mm-hmm. that I don't like Game of Thrones, but I'm not as into it as those other franchises. And plus, we've really we've only had one Game of Thrones series, uh, of course, eight seasons. But it's kind of to me, it's hard to gauge. Okay, how much of a demand will there be mm-hmm. for? a multitude of spinoffs and stories. I think we can handle like one or two right now. Oh but yeah. Kind of I will deep gladly diving into take that. one. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah, I would so, like, take I would two. Say, <laughs> Maybe three. Yeah. Then I start getting I nervous. Three is, three is a good, a two is a good limit for now. And then we really just have to test the waters and see how these next two or three years go before they start barging in with more stuff. Yeah. I mean, but again, it, it, it it's, the economics of it like this is a disney dominated world where everyone is trying to rep- do, do what they're doing because it's so successful mm-hmm. so that that's why i fear the executive warner brothers might be like get him on get him on get him on now and uh, yeah. yeah we will see <laughs> and i am i'm most excited for house of the dragon 2 like christian says although i'm also pretty into tales of duncan because again like the like those are novels like those are books those are with like yeah. characters and already things set out and they're good like that could be a really good one, I think. And House of the Dragon, this book is also pretty rocking, so I'm looking forward to that as well. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, trying to imitate Marvel and maybe not getting it quite right, um, I watched the Snyder Cut over this weekend, or actually, I, I watched it like over a few days over a period. And I'm watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the new Marvel show. And I just thought it was interesting that these two things are coming out around the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it kind of like begs comparisons. And, you know, you reviewed the Snyder Cut for Wick. You gave your review last week. No, I've seen it. And I guess we'll start with this. What did you think of uh, the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah. On oh, Disney yeah. Now Plus? That I, can, I can go in detail. Oh, you um, watched it ahead of time, didn't you? Ugh. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember our yes or no game last week? <laughs> yes, I do. But now, yeah, now we get to talk about it in detail. And that was the only episode I watched in advance, so I don't know anything else after this. Um, right. I think it was pretty much at what I expected it to be. I knew it was not going to be WandaVision. I knew it wasn't going to have no. the same type of mystique or, you know, what's going on here. So, I will have to say it... Um, I can't even, I don't want to say underwhelmed me. It just kind of met my expectation. Mm. I wouldn't even say like exceeded. I was just, for me, I'm just happy at this point to deep dive into these characters, deep dive into Falcon and Bucky, kind of get into their heads. Um, because those two have also never been characters that were really like favorites of mine. They just had, you know, I like them, but. Um, I think that maybe this show can give them a chance into like making me like them more than I did previously. Um, I mean, it was still well done, very, very well done, just as WandaVision was. Um, but it, it, it does feel just like a Marvel show, maybe not as kooky and crazy oh, yeah. as WandaVision. And I mean, WandaVision sort of, if you ask me, like kind of collapsed in not collapsed, but ended up being a, like ended on a more ordinary note than yeah, it started with, yeah. which I thought was a little disappointing. And this started on, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know what you're getting with a Marvel show. We had an action scene. We had some, some nice character stuff. Like I like mm-hmm. the actors. I like Sebastian Stan, I like Anthony Mackie. I thought they were appealing. I thought they had 
good scenes. I liked Bucky Barnes trying to go on a date. I liked him in therapy. I liked Anthony <laughs> Mackie trying to get a bank loan. I liked like, the time spent just like talking with their family members and their friends and away from uh, the grand drama superhero dumb. Yeah. Um, I think the ideas are intriguing. I think the idea that they could get into some ideas here, right? Like exploring themes of patriotism, yeah. of propaganda, of extremism. I don't know if they will, because again, you, you, you can't go, you can't, you, 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 Marvel is there and yeah. we have to keep it mass appeal, but, um, the ideas are always there and, and, and they're always nice. By the way, uh, Christian compliments you on your question and answer session last week. Oh, and thank you. Yeah. I'm afraid I cannot pronounce this name, but Ms. Dana would like to see the full story of when the children of the forest turned the first white walkers. I would too. And they were going to make that show. It was going to be called Blood Moon, or at least adjacent. And it got canceled. But, you know, maybe if they need 18 prequels, they can bring it back. (laughs) But, yeah. um, Yeah, as far as the Winter Soldier, Falcon, I think for me it was because this felt like a really slow burn type of... It was was, like 48 minutes. And I was like, wait, I was promised the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And they they were like not in a single shot together, which that was not anything that I had expected. Um, But it was it was still very emotional. Like I was like, oh, wow, Bucky, you know, is really still feeling all the repercussions of him being brainwashed by Hydra. And, you know, Anthony Mackie is dealing with the loss of Captain America. And, you know, Don Cheadle showed up as Rhodey. That was a surprise to me. I actually, I now, (laughs) as I talk about it, I did kind of tear up when they were having their scene together and they were looking at the Captain America memorial. And I was like, Captain America hasn't even been like my super duper favorite hero, but. I mean, it's been 10 years or, or more that we spent with this character. So, <laughs> yes. I was like, how could I not? You know, how can I not? <laughs> I, I have to answer this. As Christian asks him, why does it appear they hired Robert Englund of uh, Freddy Krueger frame as the new Captain America at the end of episode one? He did <laughs> look a little blocky in that mask. I'm not sure how to describe it. Like, yeah. He's did, did look a little strange. Squirge. Someone said he looks like... Um, who was that Mr. Fredrickson or whoever from up the old man with the, Oh the yeah. Really that's going around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. That's cool. Discount. Yeah. Well, what's cool. The about idea it? of, I, I was saying like, that, that's cool. The idea of a government sponsored symbol and superhero versus the folk who came at it naturally. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder what they're going to dig into here. And you know, it's a TV show. Like, I, I agree with you that, it was uh, a, a slow burn. But I mean, if you have six episodes to play with, I think that's fine. Like, oh, yeah, you couldn't do that in a movie. You, you couldn't take your time like this. So, yeah, like try something new. It, it's not, it's yeah. not like WandaVision new, but they are doing a bit more of like Marvel as a ordinary um, like personal drama, which I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm interested in seeing yeah. where it goes. I will say, though, it is it is interesting when they brought up this, um, you know, new Captain America, because it, it was like, OK, well, technically, if you think back to the original Captain America, he was just a symbol and he was a poster boy. It was. And it right. was until he like went off on the missions and stuff like that, that he kind of became his own thing. So it's like, well, in some regards, sure, they can, you know, recast him or do whatever they want to do. But also, I was thinking about this, and this might be me being a little too nerdy, but I was like, okay, we all were talking about Anthony Mackie or 
um, the Falcon becoming the new Captain America. And they kind of alluded to this as well in the in the series, like, oh, aren't you going to become the new Captain America? And he's like, no, I can't accept mm-hmm. the shield. When technically, I can't recall in the MCU a time where like a mantle has been passed down, except for Black Panther, which is more of a tradition. So I was kind of mm-hmm. like, why would they expect Anthony Mackie or, or uh, Sam Wilson to become Captain America when he's always been the Falcon? Like the Falcon is his thing, you know. Uh, Iron Man is Tony Stark's thing. Winter Soldier is Bucky's <laughs> right. thing. So that was kind of like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, hmm. It is kind of condescending, isn't it? Like, you <laughs> get to be Captain America. Like, yeah. I'm the Falcon. Yeah. Obviously, my wings aren't good enough for you. Like, what? But perhaps yeah, so. we'll get into that. I thought it was good. And just watching it close to Justice League, it just it showed like how um, how very, very different oh, these two yeah. visions yeah. for what a superhero thing should be. And again, I'll say, first of all, I, I liked it. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed watching it. It, cer- it definitely had more of an authorial intent behind it, you know, which it was always going to. It's, it's this movie is called Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it is Zack Snyder's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> justice league oh yeah like he's just slathered all over it which is good and bad or just like it's 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 not false advertising like it's indulgent it's over long the only colors are like brown and gray <laughs> like the characters all curse for no reason and are way too gruff yeah. and mean there's so much slow-mo but that's also kind of charming. I don't know if you go into it thinking that that's what you're going to get. Like, right. um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I think, I guess the people coming into this probably knew what they were coming into. And again, I feel like I keep, I've been saying this a lot. The first half of the movie and the second half of the movie feel like night and day where the first half to me was a very mm-hmm. slow build. Maybe I just have no patience. But the second half of the movie where they start kicking butt and they're working together, I enjoyed myself. So it's it was just hard for me to say, well, you know, because the second two hours versus the first two hours were different. I couldn't give it my full seal of approval, but I do think that they made some decent changes that kind of pick up the pace and make it a little more, you know, coherent, maybe. I mean, sp- speaking to someone who who didn't see the original um, and coming into it, I mean, I thought it hung together more more or less. Um, <laughs> I mean, mostly it, it, it's I mean, it, it, it's like it was the best version of that movie that could have been made. I'm still not sure that movie was all that good a movie because I mean, you know, it's like. So we didn't have an Aquaman or a Flash or a cyber movie before this. Yeah, yeah. So there, like, there was that was the introduction of those. Characters, I felt basically. that like it, yeah. it, it, it was definitely even at four hours. It was scrambling to try to like get these folk <laughs> together, and some are better yeah. than others. Like Aquaman, I thought was a, a, like a had like the least impact on me. He didn't really do a whole lot. I liked the Flash. I, I, I liked Ezra Miller yeah. as the Flash. I, I thought he was endearing. Cyborg uh, was very gruff and broody and sort of surly, which like Batman was also gruff and broody and surly. Mm -hmm. One was also kind of gruff and broody. And Aquaman's also kind of gruff and broody and surly. (laughs) Yes. He likes that type, definitely. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It, 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 was, it was a little monotone <laughs> at times. Yeah. I was joking because I was like, at times, I was thinking to myself, I liked Ezra Miller's Flash. And he's, you know, kind of cheeky and, you know, has these puns or jokes every now and then. And he was vulnerable, was, too, though. Like, he had yeah. moments of, like, kind of hee-peeking with his dad. And I, oh, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. his, his performance. But um, I was going to say, at some points, I found it like a little, like maybe too cheesy or a little off-putting. And I was like, you know why? I think it's like because his personality has to overcompensate for everyone else who doesn't have a personality or who just kind of has this flat, like, I wish that cyborg, you know, he's kind of like a teenager, a young man, whatever he is. And he acts like... You know, like Stanley from The Office. I'm like, come on! I want to, I want to <laughs> see some personality with these characters. And Ezra Miller is like, you know, using his bandwidth <laughs> to kind of overcompensate for everyone. Uh, I think Jason Momoa was kind of good with him, the back and forth a little bit. Um, but I was definitely like the, the Batman and um, Cyborg, and sometimes Wonder Woman could definitely use like a personality upgrade. <laughs> uh, and again, like. That's what you get with Zack Snyder's Justice League, right? Like, he made it clear this is just everything he loves mm-hmm. in a four-hour sprawling thing. Like, that epilogue can go, why is it there? Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really get the Superman fights them all fights. And I thought that, that seemed like padding to me. <laughs> like, you could have probably just, like, cut that out and just That was in the on. original, though, too, and I still don't. That, to me, is just as a a choice altogether in the plot i still can't get behind but hey it, it made it in both cuts so i can't say anything but again it is what it is he got his thing yeah. I, I don't i frankly don't agree with the people who are like restore it let's have it bring back no um i i i think it's interesting he got to do this i'd mm-hmm. prefer we try and go for something with a little more variance in tone or like get, get some of their voices in there but a uh, cool experiment. I just and watching it next to Marvel, it was interesting. Like how much more in conversation with our world Marvel seems mm-hmm. to be than mm-hmm. this. You know, like in Falcon and Winter Soldier, like Bucky's getting PTSD treatment, and they're trying to get a bank loan, and they're talking about like Captain America conspiracy theories, which would totally <laughs> happen, by the way. Oh yeah, and like they're <laughs> online trying to track these things. It's like all these things are are, are like very now. Mm-hmm. And then the Snyder cuts like it in fully in its own universe where it's yeah. just kind of these super beans um, having it out against alien monsters. And there's not really a whole lot of we are here, which is sort of exactly. DC's thing, which so I guess it fits more or less. But um, interesting time for superhero mm-hmm. stuff. And Christian says, why is 10% of it in slow-mo? Because uh, Zack Snyder <laughs> loves slow-mo. Like slow-mo. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he saw it once as a child. It got in there. He fell in love with it. He's still in love with it. He wants to marry it. And that's, that's just his jam. Adores oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just before I forget, I had, it's like some of the lines, like, I think that at one point, Cyborg actually said, like, fuck the world, which is like, yeah. it, it, it's, that's not like quite as edgelord cringe as we live in a society, but it's not far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I man, I wish I could go back in there and just kind of like script doctor some of those characters. That would that would just you know make me feel so warm inside. My, my favorite, oh, no. my, what was laughing at me for a while was one of them said like they were getting ready for some kind of. I think they were going to like one of the bases, and some like 
time to time to get dressed in like a superhero outfits. And then Cyborg Stinger was, I'm always dressed. And he takes <laughs> off his shirt to reveal like his cyborg things. It's like his like that has the cadence of a badass line because I I because the scene ends, but like that's what you think sounds badass. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there oh, were a bunch of those moments, like oh, oh, the one when um, Cyborg is really hitting it for me this way, like where he picks up Aquaman. Aquaman just goes like, "My man," because <laughs> they're flying <laughs> through the air. I mean, like the Dan cut of like you know the Dan compilation, <laughs> yes, of most funny I mean, Snyder cut moments. But again, like I I enjoyed the, these bits. I, I'm not sure in the way that they were supposed to be enjoyed no, exactly, yeah. but um. Um, I, I liked it. I'm glad I watched it. That's good. I'm glad it's over. I hope we move on. I think let's let's all do it. <laughs> okay. And by the way, uh, Julie said you're watching The Walking Dead, which is in its kind of um extra season ten episodes. Julie, do, do, do you think those are um was really well done? I I did hear it was very well done. The most recent one. Do you feel like these are useful to you these extra episodes or do you feel like they're padding because i know that they're kind of mm. they, they filmed six extra episodes in quarantine to bridge the gap between that and like the actual final season they're going to make which was um an interesting strategy that i don't think anyone yeah. else had tried to do maybe i should pick the walking dead back up for its final season oh god should i that would require a bunch of catch-up maybe i will we'll see <laughs> yeah that's a lot um i watched anything else man I got screeners uh, for The Nevers and Shadow and Bone. Looking forward to that. Oh, Shadow and Bone. Yeah, I got The Nevers screeners. Um, I'm going to watch that tonight. And Ooh. I'm excited for it. We should have some fun coverage on Winter's Coming, shouldn't we? Um, looking forward. You know, something extra special on Friday. And hopefully that'll be out next week. Um, but yeah, otherwise, that's kind of just what I'm looking forward to watching right now i've been doing just a lot of like watching streams on youtube <laughs> so whenever i think oh, back sure. i'm like what have i been watching I'm like oh i've been watching people play crap on twitch so <laughs> that's me i can't go wrong i am watching that um that q documentary on hbo max oh, into the storm which looked, which looked pretty that? good I, it, it's good um it, it's like all interviews with actual QAnon people and just um the confidence to, oh. to to say the stuff they say with like unblinking like uh normality is interesting that's fun um captain america we, on the moon huh <laughs> captain america yes exactly we talked a lot about stuff already but just um okay christian about the wick app shutting down apparently they were shutting down a bunch of apps to consolidate into a bigger fan-sided app. So I'll get your information on that. So I do not think it will be coming back, unfortunately. Um, but there was a fan-sided app, and there's always Wick in your browser. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry about that. Some other quick news hits that, that a bunch went on today. This is what I'm talking back about. Um, Disney Plus prices go up on Friday, so make sure you lock in your yearly subscription on Thursday. Um, I think Warner Bros. movies going back to the theaters, 2022. That's yeah. nice. Um, I suppose it's nice. I still think they made the right call releasing everything straight to HBO Max. I, I, I really do. For now, I, yeah. I think it was already borne out, but um, I suppose it, it's fine going back to theaters too. God, I'm looking forward to theaters again. I want to see something so bad. <laughs> um, 
they're making a Hawkeye spinoff, even though that show isn't even out yet, because that is how... That's how far ahead they are thinking. That's why <laughs> HBO wants to make like 18,000 Game of Thrones spinoffs. They're like, they make spinoffs things oh, that aren't yeah. even made yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. And um, gosh, even the, what's that? Black Widow. They moved that down to July, which. Oh, and that's going to it. To, yeah, uh, I was surprised. I, was like, I knew it had to come eventually um, with premiere access. I knew they had to do it eventually because they can't hold on to this film forever. Um, I still, I've said on Twitter, maybe this film doesn't even exist and that's why they keep pushing it back further and further and they're <laughs> scrambling. Um, but no, I think, I think for real, they've just been really trying to wait it out to see like, when is the, the best point where they can maximize the profit by getting butts in theater seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, people are getting vaccinated now. Movie theaters are kind of really opening up again. So I think they were like, okay, this is our best shot. You know, we're probably they're probably you know bleeding money anyway, just sitting on this. So they're like, okay, we just have to put this out now. It's now. I don't never. think Disney is bleeding money. Well, um, I, it, I think in did, the didn't, smallest didn't of like senses, you know, like one hundred million subscribers on <laughs> Disney Plus, and the service like a year and a half old. Yeah, but I mean, just I, think I, about though. This could be Disney a billion is like dollar up movie. To an IV of money, and it's like getting pumped <laughs> into its body. It is pumping money into its body. Okay, sorry, your head. Disney, yeah. <laughs> But no, I think they will take a hit. You know, I, I think they wanted this to be another billion dollar movie. Oh, That's yeah. definitely not going to happen anymore because it's both, you know, this hybrid premiere access. No. And then who knows still if everyone will want to go to theaters in the summer. Um, That's a wish and a hope. But yeah, it's a different ball game. But I think they just had to concede at this point. Yeah. But um, we'd watch it at home if you want to. And Julie, I'm glad that you're um finding Walking Dead diverting and uh, I'll try, I may pick it back up because it is going to be the final season. So now that I know there's an ending, I know that there's a finite time I'll be able to watch these things and won't yeah. go on forever. <laughs> and that is about all we're going to talk about today. Thanks for watching, guys. If you want to, I'll leave a link to the Wit Club information here. If you want to see who can win extra prizes, extra articles, extra vidges. And um, if you want to, we are also available available in podcast form, wherever podcasts are downloadable, like Google Play or iTunes. And we'll be back here on the WIC Facebook page and YouTube channel next Wednesday for at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 a.m. Australian Time, whenever Province Julie is in, for more discussion of fantasy, sci-fi, TV, movies, um british accent impressions uh cyborg reenactments whatever is most pertinent to your day thanks so much and have a lovely week bye this podcast is brought to you by fansite join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between 